All right, so there are uh, many times in our walk as, 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 as Christians that storms, somebody say storms, storms. that storms uh, either happen in us or storms happen through us. And there are times that storms happen because of us. Did you hear that? Yeah. Now, in order for us to understand where I'm going today, I need to establish something that's um, uh, something theological, uh, uh, all right? And that just that just means it's the, the understanding the understanding of our faith, and that is God's righteousness. So before I go into anything else, I need to under I need to explain this to you so that you understand God's role and then our role. So I have to explain this part. God's righteousness doesn't allow him to violate his own laws and his own ways. God cannot violate his commands. Because he's all righteous, our heavenly father will never breach what he establishes. Earth, somebody say earth. Earth, earth is the domain of man. Authority over earth belongs to man. Who does it belong to? When I say man, women, I'm, I'm including you in this. So I can see just mankind. I want you to get all, like, you know, husbands getting all, did you hear that, baby? Just man. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's mankind, humanity. Earth is the jurisdiction of God's creation. Earth is the jurisdiction. Several Sundays ago, I shared with you all that God is a God of boundaries, and he establishes Boundaries, and he also respects boundaries. So he told Adam and Eve from this point to that point, your domain, all right? Everything else, don't touch. Don't touch this. He gave them instructions. Because the earth is the domain of man, just like heaven is the domain of God. When God needs something to be done here on earth, he uses an earthly representative to accomplish God's purpose here on earth. Hence, why he sent Jesus. Not because he can't, but because he's righteous, so he won't. Now, why am I bringing all of this up this morning? I believe, I believe that you all here this morning, those that are watching us online and those that are going to be listening to this on their podcast, I believe that you have been tapped, tapped by God, given an assignment for some time now here on earth and you have just been running. Remember in my opening proposition, I said that there are times that storms happen to us, storms happen through us, and then storms happen because of us. So today I want to talk to you about the times when storms happen because of us. All right. Uh, we have all month to develop everything else, but today I just want to discuss when storms happen because of us. And what I mean is that there are some storms that come our way because of our because they're self-induced. Most storms that come our way cannot be prevented. They're just calm. They cannot be controlled. We just simply grow our tolerance. And we endure them, therefore victory happens 
when we're waiting till they pass and we wait successfully. This is the most common storms. But there's an enemy. Somebody say an enemy. There is an enemy that wages war against God's children with an aim to utterly control and destroy God's children. So he'll plot, he'll scheme with no end against us. This is why the scriptures tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it's not up there, but it tells us not to ignore Satan's schemes. There is an enemy that wars against us. So to give you more context in the conversation today, I want to look at a story. Many of you know this story, and, and if you don't know the story, we'll, we'll go through it together. Um, Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, and we're going to read four verses. Verses 1 through 4. Verses 1 through 4. Are you with me? Yes. Everyone with me? Man, look at, the, look at that. It's, it's just roaring. Good, David. Good job. All right. The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Who did he give the message to? All right. This is the message. All right. He said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up. Did he get up? He got up and went in the opposite direction to do what? To get away from the Lord. Uh, I mean, no, that doesn't sound good. He went down to the port of Joba where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to, to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Is there another one? But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break this ship apart. The story begins with the Lord giving a message to get up and go. He gave him a specific message. And what did Jonas do? He did what? He went the opposite way. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jonas goes to great length to get away. A man bought a ticket. He bought a ticket with the intention to escape. I'm not going to get into all of the specifics of this story um, of all that happened. Jonah is a, it's a small book. You can take, take some time this week and read. Um, read it for yourself, but I just want to concentrate on those four verses. And then we can go back and revisit some of the other ones during the month. But today, I want to highlight the fact that as a, as a result of Jonah's blatant disobedience, God's anger stirred up against him, and we read that the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm. Who caused the storm? Huh? Was it God? It was Jonah. Did you hear the question? Who caused the storm? Who was it? Many times, and don't feel bad if you, if you shout it out like Will did. Yeah. <laughs> don't feel bad. 
My man, that's what you did. You sit in the front row and you go, yeah, you just shout out. <laughs> it was good, brother Will, Bishop Will. And, and, and no, no, because many of us think that way. It, it, this is a God thing. This is God doing. Yeah, out of what? Why? It's very easy for us to point our judgment fingers at Jonah because we have never disobeyed God, right? We've never disobeyed God. None of us. No one here. No one here. Right? No one in the front row. No one at their last names begin with the, with the, with the, with the letter W. Right? <laughs> Dr. Reese looking at me like that. Nobody. Nobody. Right, Brian? Nope. No one has ever disobeyed God. Right? The truth of the matter is that many folk live our lives in disobedience. And I'm not talking about just sinning. All right? I'm not talking about just sinning. There are many times in our lives when storms come our way as a result of spiritual attacks. And that happens. There's an enemy, and we talked about that. There, there's an enemy that, that, that wages war against us, and, and those, those wars are going to come. They're inevitable. That's the common one. These are beyond our control. There's nothing that you can do other than resist them. You resist those storms. There are also times, as I said before, that there are storms that really come our way as a result of living in disobedience to what God is asking us to do. Living in disobedience to his divine plan for your life living in disobedience to your purpose, living in disobedience to that destiny that he's given you, that thing that's tugging at you. Do it, do it, do it. Go, get up, move, now, run, do it. I have been on that end two years, two years. How many years? Okay, for two years, Becky can tell you all, God was telling me, this is what you need to do. And I waited and I fought and I waited and I fought because I was trying to tell my God the contingencies, the conditions of how I wanted the message to come. And I did that for two years. And let me tell you, storms came my way. So in the four verses that we finished reading, we learned from Jonah how to avoid these controllable storms. Because Jonah's attempt on running away from God's purpose, God sends a storm. Number one, it slowed him down. Number two, it got his attention. Number three, finally, got him to understand that I am God and you are not. That you may be victorious over Satan, but you will always be defeated if you try to fight God. Did you hear that? You can defeat Satan. Satan is defeated. He's a defeated foe. You're not going to win against God. When the seas roar, we need to pay attention. You know that if the skies are gray and cloudy, what happens? Come on. Gray and cloudy. What happens? Something's coming. Rain. I prayed for that. I said, Lord, I know that the Coopers are planning. They got their, they got, they got, they got the, they got the cooler ready. 
they got the, they, they got it over. They're, they're about to go. They're about to go. Lord, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. I did that over. I just got a bigger umbrella. Yeah, you a mess. But but when when you see flashes flashes of lightning, what follows? Thunder. For all of us that live in the East Coast, we all know that past November, those cool, cool days are announcing what? Some snow is coming. It's just cool. It's dry. It's, you just know it. You can taste it. It's, it's going to snow. It's going to snow. There's Anna. What time is it? 11.45. Anna coming in. It's good. Her name, her name is Anna Williamson. Sean, it's not your fault. You don't have a driver's license. We understand. (laughs) Oh, man. Security, watch me on the way out. Please keep me safe. (laughs) All right. But when the seas begin to roar, uh, an experienced uh, sailor who is out there and understands storms, they know how to read the language of the sea. What causes these storms to develop? They understand, they know. And there are many times that we ourselves have to kind of ask ourselves, why? What's going on? To pause. Is it an enemy or is it something else? And I'm just going to give you three of these things today before we wrap things up. All right, I'm going to give you three things and then I'm going to send you on your way home so you can get to your barbecue. But it's, it's, listen, it's my heart because a lot of times I get, I, I get some of your requests. Hey, pastor, can you pray about this? Can you pray about this? Can you pray about this? My question is, are you praying yourself? Are you praying? Are you asking, God, what's going on in my life? What's happening in my child's life? What's happening in my daughter's life? What's happening in, my, in, 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 in the relationship? What's happening? What's happening in my finances? What's happening with my health? What's, what's, what's happening with, uh, with our relationship? What's happening with, with, with the family? What's, Lord, what's happening? So I hope these things help you in understanding how to figure out is this a storm from God? Is this a storm that is happening to me? It's happening through me or is happening because of me? Number one, disobedience to God. Number one, disobedience to God. What's number one? Notice that I said disobedience to God and not disobedience to a pastor. Did you hear that? Disobedience to God, not disobedience to the pastor. You disobey me all the time. Disobedience to God happens in many forms. We can't discuss them all today. It's not going to, it's impossible. But in a nutshell... Knowing what God wants from you and fighting him on it is disobedience. In fact, scripture say in James 4, 17, real simple. Listen, real simple. Whoever knows 
the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is what? Did you, can we read this together again? Let me read this again. Whoever knows the right thing to do, you don't need, a, you don't need the pastor to tell you what the right thing to do is. You don't. I hope you don't. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it. Did you hear it? Disobedience is conceding to the constant conflict within between what's right and what's wrong. Choosing to do what's wrong in the eyes of God over your own preference. You know you shouldn't. You know you shouldn't do it. Like you just know, but you do it anyway. Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. Jesus puts it this way: Why, why, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you not do what I tell you? It's simple. No, this it's simple. I, I tell you not to, but you just you do it. That was the first one. What was the first one? Disobedience. Disobedience. Are you ready for the second one? Because this one, um, this is a, this is a tough one. Tough one. Self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Pastor, what's this about? Well, we'll make it easy with some statements. Are you ready? Listen to these statements. I know it's wrong. But blank. I know it's wrong, but blank. Ready for another one? I know I shouldn't be, but blank. I know how God feels, but blank. I know he or she will be offended, but I know I can't afford it, but. And I like this because we usually try to justify self-indulgence by telling ourselves, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I remember one time we were talking to one of our. We were having an intimate conversation with one of our young guys. Intimate conversation. It was intimate. It was, it was a God moment. It was God moment. I'm ministering to a young person. Becky's with me. My girl got my back always. The scenario was this. You're taken hostage and you are given an ultimatum. You choose Jesus or choose your life. My man immediately said, I choose Jesus. Becky shouted, I choose my life. And I, I looked like over my shoulder like. And then the young man, we both looked like, whoa, whoa. We were so, I was like, and then she said, she uttered, God knows my heart. My life is in danger. God knows my heart. He'd understand <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that your heart is a liar. 
Becky, I ain't say that. God said, I ain't say it. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, verse 9. <laughs> the human heart is the most. The human heart is the. The human heart is the. The human heart is the. Of. And desperately. Who really knows how bad it is? Listen. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine the what? The secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what? Their actions deserve. You want some fun scriptures to post? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like stuff to encourage you in the morning. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. When these storms come our way, there are we got to ask yourself, these are, are these symptoms of, of something else? Or symptoms of something else? I heard a pastor say these words about self-indulgence. He said, sin always takes you farther than you want to go. And it keeps you longer than you want to stay and costs more than you want to pay. That's right. I won't tell you what pastor said because then you'll go to his church. <laughs> So, so I know. <laughs> Sin always takes you further, takes you farther than you want to go, and it keeps you longer than you want to stay, and it costs more than you want to pay. I bet you any amount of money, DWC is going to write a song, and then they're going to they're going to they're going to claim copyright over that. Y'all know first. Listen, hey, can't give me credit. Sin always takes you farther. <laughs> But listen, listen, in all seriousness, talking about self, self-indulgence, I want you to seriously pay, pay attention to this. You know, we're living in a time, we're, we're living in a place in our country's history. 246 years we're now coming to celebrate um, July the 4th, independence, right, as a, as a country. And, and we're coming into a period in our history where, where we now not only make allowances for self-indulgence, but we're now celebrating self-indulgence. We, we embrace self-indulgence. We promote self-indulgence. We subsidize it. We, we teach it. Pay for it. My loyalty to a political party, cultural traditions, or personal preferences cannot trump God's word. Cannot trump God's instructions. Because I am not of this world. I'm not a citizen of this world. I am an ambassador here on earth. Here on earth. From heaven here on earth. The, 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 the Bible calls us foreigners. Calls us aliens here. Are you getting that? In many churches today caring more about how good people feel versus what God commands is the new compromise. It's the new thing now. There are major differences between what feels good and what is good. And I'm going to tell you, sin feels good. Looks good. It tastes good. I don't know how to stop sometimes eating them Twinkies, you know, the cakes and But that's sinful. 
self-indulgence. I want you just to take a moment and think about that. What are the things in my life that I'm saying I know I shouldn't, but I am. I know I shouldn't be watching, but I am. I know I shouldn't be listening, but I am. I know I shouldn't be doing, but I am. I know I shouldn't. That is your preference over God's word, over God's command. Self, self-indulgence. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, and, and I, and again, I'm not here being judgmental. I mean, uh, believe me, as I'm writing these words, I'm like going, I don't want, I don't like this, you know, because it, 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 it's conviction. It convicts me first. Becky and I have this ongoing thing and my driving gets bad, bad, bad. It's, 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 it's a bad thing for me. It really is. It really is a serious thing. And I know I should, but I do. I give people bad looks when I'm driving. Like I'm going to do something. You know, like if somebody, like if a road rage got to the point where I got to park, we're going to park and then we just got, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like that's as far as my rage goes. <laughs> My race is going to go as far as park the car, but that's as far as it's going to go. And, and, but, you know, there's a lot of stupidity that happens. There's a lot of times that you, you're sitting in trouble. You're sitting in trouble, and then Satan is laughing at you. He laughs at us, and he mocks us. And we're sitting there telling ourselves, why did I do this? Why? Self-indulgence. The last one, three. The last one, three. You ready? Spiritual denial. Spiritual denial. Spiritual denial happens when we reject the reality that daily there's a spiritual war that is active, active over your soul. From the moment you wake up, there is a spiritual war over your soul. Daily, and not just yours. And we talked all last, all last month, we talked about the role of dads, the role of fathers, the role of men in the house to stand and guard those entry points of your home because that spiritual war is not just against you. It's also against your children. And you, parent, are the only line of defense. It's your role. You're the line of defense. And if you are a parent, you're the line of defense, not your grandparents. You got that? Grandparents, are, we're here to be grand. You're the parents. So, so you have an obligation to parent, to guard, the entry points, specifically in the area of spirituality. Failure to acknowledge that this, this exists by default makes us casualties of this ongoing war. You, you become a casualty. Just because you ignore a symptom, it doesn't mean you're cured. Pro- Proverbs 9, verse 10, I love this, says, fear of the Lord is the what? Is the what? the foundation of what wisdom knowledge of the holy one results in what in what good judgment wisdom wisdom is is a knowledge that transcends space time and logic knowledge is always and will always be subjective it can change with time space and logic but not wisdom wisdom knows no limits knows no bounds it transcends. This, this is why we, 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 we ought to pray for wisdom. Jonah 
put his preference, his personal preference, over what God wanted to do with the people of Nineveh. Why? Because, because Jonah is operating in head knowledge. God is operating in wisdom. Wisdom is transcendent. So Jonah is thinking about no knowledge, the things that I know. God is thinking what? Wisdom transcends. There's no limit. This is what happens in our life. God wants this for you, my child, but you're thinking head knowledge. No, can't do it. Won't do it. Why? I'm not qualified. Can't do it. Why? No, it's not my calling. No, it's not my art. It's not my thing. But God in his wisdom knows what, why he's given you the things that he has given you. Design you the way that he designed you. So there are times that the, that the things that you are being called to do is just for a small part in the bigger work from God. Are you, are you getting this? So we have to trust God's divine wisdom. When Becky and I were first married, we, had, we only had um, Papa. We only had our, our, our eldest son. And this was, this was in that time where, you know, you, you like break the law and, and you don't, you just break the law. And, and church don't talk about breaking the law, so you just break it. And Becky was sitting in the front seat with no seatbelt holding the baby. No car seat. We sitting in the front row with a baby. Infant. Breaking the law. And I was with her and we were two immature kids. And we were driving and we were at the family daughter. And this lady in a white car, she was dressed in white, white car. I'm kid you not, that's what she was wearing. White clothes, white car, and she's she's going, she's signaling to us. She's going, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get in trouble. 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 And she's like, pull over, pull over. And so she pulled us over, and I was expecting to get scolded, and we should have, but she didn't. You know what she said? She said, The Lord says, the Lord says, I will do mighty, powerful things through that child. Guard that child, protect that child. Got it? And then left. Never saw her again. I love those kind of prophecies that happen outside the church. Outside the church when you don't expect it, right? Happened to us at Damon's. We were eating at Damon's. Nobody remember Damon's anymore. Damon's was the spot. Damon's, man, you guys, man, you ever remember Damon's? And God spoke to us in that same way. Just in the middle, I had barbecue sauce dripping down my fingers. <laughs> and thus says the Lord, and they spoke to us. They spoke, and, and most of the times they were speaking about our... And, tra- and, then, and in traffic pulled us, literally pulled us over uh, while we were in the middle of moving. Moving. And again, it's just weird stuff, and, and, but it had to do with our children. And see, I had a passion for music. Y- y'all didn't know this, but you know, I, I, I'm a recording artist. See, see, y'all laugh. See, see, and that's that's the thing. People just laugh. I see. I was just a recording artist, you know. And I did photo shoots, and and I I had uh, multi-track recorders and studio. I had I had all that. all of that stuff burning inside. Stirring me up, keeping me up at night, writing songs. It's just this song after another song. And Becky and I be fighting. Oh, I got a song. You know, and a song. Yeah, and we just write songs. And, 
And it was about, it was about this, and I was lost for a season in my life. I was lost in this fire and passion burning inside of me. And I remember that I had great friends that were musicians and, and I couldn't use them anymore. And um, out of circumstances, man, I had to use what was best uh, readily available to me and were my two kids. They loved every moment of it. They loved it. Every moment of it. They, they just loved it. And, and you know, and, and uh, Adrian had a, I gave Adrian, Adrian had a trumpet and, and Jose had a, a saxophone and I, because I loved Adrian more, we put braces on him and then made him play a trumpet. <laughs> so you guys can imagine what that is. And, and, and there was times where my kid, they, they hated it. They, they hated it because it was very serious to me. It was rigor, because it was, it was something that was, it was on fire in me. It was, it was in me and it was burning. And I, and the kid's cold name they gave me was Joe Jackson. And, and, and I don't, we still don't know who baby Michael is, but um, I know who Tito is. <laughs> and, and so, 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 but it was, a, it was a burning passion. It was a burning fire in me and it was keeping me day and night and and it were the it were the things that was keep they were keeping me and I remember the message and guard your children and protect your children and and I'm writing and I'm going here and we're ministering and 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 as we're ministering I remember talking to my kids and and you see these people yeah you don't act like that this is called worship and this is why we do this we don't do this for we don't do this for our glory we do it for his glory and 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 it was always about take a moment and love on people take a moment respect people take a moment and honor people take a moment and, and 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 this is an honor to do this it's a privilege that you get called to do this don't take this lightly and on and on and on and on and then our kids grew and I and 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 the, the, the kids grew and I grew me and I grew me in music and everything that I thought was for me and see God was doing something through me yes. and I want you to know that there are things that God is doing through you too and there are, there are things that are happening to you, but, but it's because he's trying to do something through you. And, and, and you're, probably, you're probably not understanding because I didn't understand it. it. It cost me a lot of nights. It cost me a lot of money. It, it cost a lot. So when I, when I hear my kids calling me and they're saying, hey, pop, man, we have 50 people come to Jesus. I will praise God. 50 people. And then, and then, and then you, hear, you hear another one calling, and, hey, man, we had another 30 come to Jesus. And, and it, doesn't happen, it doesn't happen in your church. It, it happens with the things that God put in you that was actually for them. And I think even over the weekend, what was the number you guys had? Over 200 kids came to Jesus. And, 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 and I, don't, I, don't, I, don't say that, I don't say that to boast. I say that because even in my conversations with my children, I tell them, do not think that this is about you. Because it could be that God is still going to do something greater with your kids and through your children. So, so, so just like Abraham was given a promise of an amazing nation that he'd be a father of. He really physically never saw it. But his children walked in it. And I want you to know that many of you here are, are walking in the harvest that your parents sowed. That a grandmom prayed. You are reaping the protection 
of those prayers of a grandmom, of a, of a praying grandfather. And here today, I tell my kids, don't you boast about those songs. Those are not your, your songs. You're singing your granddad's songs, singing your grandmom's song. These are, these are, this is, this is, this is ongoing. The beauty of God's wisdom is that it's always available abundantly. I like what James chapter one, five says, if you need what, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for, for asking for it. So if you honestly and earnestly don't know what your role is on earth, stand to your feet, stand to your feet, everyone. If you don't know what your role is and you're asking yourself, why? Why am I going through this? Why did I go through this divorce? Why am I experiencing this breakup? Why am I a widow? Why are my children not around me? Why? What am I experiencing? Why am I going through this? Take time to ask God, what are you saying to me, Lord? Everyone here, regardless of your ethnicity, race, your gender, marital status, your social status, regardless of your qualifications or lack thereof, God wants to use you. Listen, God wants to use you. He has given you an assignment. From before you were in your mother's womb, he gave you a purpose and then he wrapped you up and he sent you here on earth to fulfill it. God has given you a plan. He has given you a destiny. Your life, your shortcomings, your failures and mishaps never ever caught God off guard. They may have surprised you, but never God. So if you are here this morning and you feel that God is calling you, that God is tapping you, that, that God is saying, I want you, I need you to get up and go. I want to pray for you this morning. Those that are listening and watching online, this is for you as well. That bird.